Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Trust in Messiah. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and who, sir, wearing his downtown Magneto One shirt <laughs> are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan, and yes, I am uh, donning a downtown Magnetowan shirt. How dare you? Um, and Fred, how are you doing? We're uh, in the last last pod of 2021, and 2022 I, begins next week. How do you feel about that? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm glad I didn't say Magnetowan. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, doing pretty good. Feel like we, uh, we, had, a, we had a wild year. Again, uh, appreciates God. to you, Maddie, for you know being there every week. You know we're we're holding this down. You know you always talk about how we're a time capsule. Wow, are, yeah. How about how about especially right now? Yeah. Um, but uh, before we talk about other stuff, let me just say, if you're tuning into this podcast for the first time, we are a Raptors podcast. We're we're hardcore fans and comedians and actors and just mm-hmm. you know uh, Johnny on the spots. We do a lot of things. <laughs> We have analysts on. We have we have comedians mostly, performers. Uh, we also talk NBA. And um, today was a good episode. But before I get to uh, today's episode, uh, we had a special episode we did. Um, but sorry, you know what? I'm I'm getting too far ahead of myself, Maddie. If people want to find us, you know, share uh, in what we're doing, help us. How are they going to do that? You can check out our website, dunkspodcast.com, if you want to see all our links and the stuff that we have that you can subscribe to. Of course, we're on all the podcatchers. If you're a Spotify, if you're a uh, Apple Podcasts or Apple or Amazon Music or God, there's so many now, Fred. There's so many. What's the one you like? Player FM. Oh, yeah, I love it. Get on one of your favorite podcatchers. I like Pocket Casts and subscribe. That would be great. And if those streamers do have... A rating system like Stitcher does and uh, Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We really appreciate that, too. We're on the Sonar Network. That is our Sonar Podcast Network that we're a part of. Go to uh, sonarnetwork.com. You can listen to us there and see all the other podcasts as well uh, that are in the catalog. We've got our Patreon, which we just released a bonus episode that we actually had on our Patreon about a week ago, we put it up there, and now we just mm-hmm. released it yesterday or two days ago when you're listening to this uh, on all the podcatchers. So we do have some bonus content for you to listen to there. Freddie and I did a league pass report. Uh, Freddie, you want to talk a little bit about it? Just give them a little taste of yeah. Um, sorry, I came into hot with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like yeah. Um, no, I'm excited for the for the roller coaster that is our, our league pass reports. But uh, we each assign each other uh, a team, uh, and we watch that team play a game not against the Raptors. Oh, Raps. Uh, as a kind of an unbiased just look, and, and then we, we talk about that game and, and that team. So Matt was assigned uh, by me, the Chicago Bulls, and uh, I was assigned the Clippers. So we talk about those teams and, and the games uh, mm-hmm. that they played, and uh, we're, we got another episode coming up, uh, and 
we actually were assigned. I was assigned the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and I assigned Maddie the Warriors. So yes. we're going to each watch a respective game, and we're going to record another episode and kind of keep that Patreon content coming. If you are, are if you're already a member uh, of, uh, if you're already a patron, uh, thank you. We really yeah. appreciate it, and um, yeah, it's helping us do what we do. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I think we're but, pretty uh, much there. Are we there for the yeah. old episode I, I, drop? I think we're there for the old episode drop. I feel drop. the um, New Year's ball coming down at oh, Times baby. Square. <laughs> Dick Clark. Uh, I think Dick that's who Clark. it is, right? Still Dick Clark, yeah. He's still Dick Clark. <laughs> I wanted to say Dick Wolf, and I'm like, it's not him. Um, yeah. That's the Law & Order guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is a great pod. We got uh, Jay Rosales uh, of, of of Raptors uh, HQ fame, and and that's a rap pod. Uh, you know, he's a frequent guest of the pod. We also got Rob Mayu uh, from the Dark Comedy Festival, and uh, Rob loves arguing, and uh, you know, s- just stand up in general. I'm sure you know Rob; uh, he's a hilarious, dude. Uh, we talk uh, Utah Watanabe uh, being in Cleveland for Christmas. Um, we talk, uh, you know, potential NBA trades and, um, what's our other Raptors, uh, subject? Oh, right. I'm sorry. We talk about the, the wild game where there was only four ro- uh, rostered Raptors. Yeah. Uh, so if you like your, you know, Juwan Morgan, uh, Juwan Morgan <laughs> and, uh, uh, Tremont, uh, waters, uh, you know, check it, check out that portion. Yeah. It was really fun though. And, uh, and the last NBA thing we talk about, uh, why am I blanking out here? It is... Um, uh, trades, they make a realistic, uh, delicious trade. Realistic trade. Oh, yeah. uh, just, yeah, the the Christmas Day games. Uh, mm-hmm. We talk and about the, the best Day Christmas games. Day games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get rocking on this pod here. And uh, before I say anything else, before we get rocking on this pod, let me just say that uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate, Email your city city councilors and defund the police and stay active and engaged. And let's let's make 2022 uh, a better, more progressive year. And let's fight for, you know, the things we want. Maddie, I think I think I'm good. Uh, I think you're good. If you feel like collectively we're good. How about you just give me those delicious words I crave for? OK. Okay, here we go. Uh, episode, I believe, 227. Uh, could be off. Uh, getting into wild guest territories for these episodes. But um, yeah, let's bring on uh, guest number one. He's uh, he's done the pod a handful of times. Uh, let me say four or five. So it's like a, a modest handful. Um, he's just, you know, incredible Raptors personality. Uh, he's been on CBC Here and Now, CP24, the National. Uh, he obviously works with uh, uh, That's a Rap podcast um, and uh, Raptors HQ. Uh, if you don't know him, you should. He's incredible. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're home alone, for Jay Rosales. Love that intro. What's up, cool. buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Love the intro. Love being part of the show and... Uh, Happy holidays. Jeez. Yeah. Happy holidays. Uh, it's a wild time for everyone and for basketball. So uh, I think it should be a good pod. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad to be on. And uh, this is actually going to be the last pod I do of 2021. So I'm glad it's with you. Oh, wow. Honored. Um, actually, I'm just realizing this is the last uh, pod I'll be doing uh, before, um, you know, 2022. Although, uh, is that an honor to myself? But I'm honored to be with you. Likewise, likewise. And uh, also honored to be with this with this next guest. I think it's been, you know, it's probably been a, two years or something. It's been a while. Three. Three, um, yeah. three years. Oh, my God. Um, he's a hardcore basketball fan, uh, an amazing stand-up. Uh, you know, anyone in the Toronto comedy scene knows him. He's someone who he cut his teeth long ago, you know, has a really, really good hustle. Uh, Rob Loves Arguing uh, is his uh, Twitter feed. But, um, you know, if you live in the New York area, you've probably seen him. He, he's a, just an incredible grinder, amazing stand-up, hilarious dude. And uh, I think has some pretty good trade stuff for our NBA segment. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for for Rob Mayu. <laughs> What's up, guys? Oh, not much, um, folks. Save you gotta <clears throat> you gotta check this uh, check this <laughs> pod on YouTube and and Rob's why. Okay, so. Stuff like that is great. Um, Rob, what's up? Uh, did what's you like happening? your music? I feel like that was Christmassy music. I don't know. <laughs> it was, is that Christmassy music? It's like Nightmare Before Christmassy music, maybe. But yeah. I, uh, it was okay. Sorry not to offend the music. Is that, <laughs> is that somebody, did somebody make that in the... Yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt did that himself. So. Okay, well, you know it was great then. I don't want to offend anybody off the top of this. I love, by the way, Freddie's intro having to dance around that most people in Toronto hate me. He's like one of the few people that actually like, he's like, everybody in Toronto knows him. Uh, they, well, he's been around. Yeah, everybody hates me, but that's all right. I'm not <laughs> arguing. It's, it's my fault. You know, you, you, you enjoy arguing. That's for sure. Uh, I don't yeah. think everyone hates you. Uh, if they Thank do, you, I mean, you know. Come on, people! Don't don't spend too much time being hate filled. It's not it's not as fun. Um, but Rob, nice what's up? Here. Yeah, thanks oh, thanks for being much. here. Yeah, no problem. I'm actually in Canada, but that's the first time in two years I've been in Canada, um, which means I've gotten to enjoy some basketball games. I've been to a couple of games this year. Went to uh, Madison Square Gardens for the first time. I both went to Madison Square Gardens for the first time this year, and got ripped off by a fake ticket by a scalper for the first time in Madison Square Gardens this year. Wow. That's a double whammy. That's a New York. I, I it's 40 bucks. And I'll tell you the truth. I walked away from it going, you know what? I finally, I live in New York now. And it like, it didn't even hurt me that bad. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, yeah. I feel like you're, you're waiting for the late subway and it's just like, when you get on, it's just a quiet to yourself. <laughs> Bing bong. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> just yeah. just a knowing Bing Bong. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's let's start talking Raptors ball. Uh, I feel like uh, there's there's a little bit a lot going on in a weird way. Um, uh, for anyone listening to this podcast, uh, you'll be listening to it after the Raptors Sixers game, so we're not going to really be going there. But um, yeah, let's get going, Maddie. Give me your most delicious, weird sounding Raptors sting. Raptors. 
Uh, also made by Matt. Uh, all the music. <laughs> all right, I mean, most of the music that is uh, Creative Commons uh, licensing I use, yes. but uh, Everything you hear, including <laughs> Rob's track, which sounded like when, you know, uh, when, when there's uh, the mean people come out of the Christmas Day parade in the, the Batman movie. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah, it's called Professor Almut. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, I don't know who that professor is, and I don't <laughs> trust him. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go to you first, Rob. And um, oh yeah, uh, sorry. Let me just uh, double check my question here. Right. Um, yeah. So I just kind of want to talk about that Cleveland game a little bit. Uh, again, first of all, let me say if 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 you just want to put your hand up, either of you, and say, you know, I didn't watch that game, I, I definitely would not judge you. But uh, I, I watch all Raptors games. I'm just like that. So, of course, I watched that game. I think it's, it's actually going to be a good trivia game. It's going to be one of these times that a lot of people don't remember or don't want to remember. But, yeah, Rob, um, besides the, the hot mess that was that game and sort of is the NBA right now, what is your, like, what's your big takeaway from that game? Well, um, in New York, I've been playing uh, every Tuesday morning a bunch of us get together and we play ball at that big J. Okerson's building. And I think there's probably a good chance three or four of us could probably get into the NBA right now. Uh, yes. I think Ari Shafir could play in the NBA right now. Um, I, if Big J lost a little weight, he's got a good stroke. He could play. And almost certainly I could play a Ben Simmons sort of pass and defense style of game right now. It's it's crazy. I mean, this is the best, though. The, the takeaway is there's a lot of people on this earth that can appear to play NBA basketball at some sort of level. And, like, it's it's unbelievable how many of them we're going to get to see probably over the next month. It's like, this is the best. I love it. When, when, when COVID started and we tried to go back to sports, this is what we all kind of hope would happen, you know? Like, where... We got a few games where we're just like dust off the Isaiah Thomas. Bring back the other Isaiah Thomas. Bring back original Isaiah. Like, let's have yeah. them all back. Ray Allen just got beat for the three-point title. There's no reason why we shouldn't be signing Ray Allen right now. Tell me that Banto and Ray <laughs> Allen wouldn't be a pretty good backcourt for the Raptors in this scenario right now. Would it be worse if we had Ray Allen with Banto right back there right now? I yeah, would I mean. that tonight in Philadelphia. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I heard I heard some there was some, you know, chatter on Twitter for Vince. Like yeah. and also seeing a guy like Joe Johnson come back and like be able to do some stuff in that Celtics game. It's like there's there are some dudes who they hung it up or you know, they're kind of pushed out of the league. I didn't even think about Vince. Vince is a great answer. Why right? wouldn't they take Vince back for a 10-day contest? They already should have done it to retire his jersey here regardless. This is the perfect opportunity. Now it's not even symbolic. You can just actually do it. Totally. And I want to shout out a friend of the pod, uh, Anthony Hall, who uh, just tweeted at me uh, and the pod and said, why don't we give Yao a look? Like, <laughs> what's up, Yao Ming? Can you still, yeah. how's your foot? You know, can you play? Uh, probably you, you know could do some do? stuff. You know, the, the 19 players that just got in trouble. Actually, my girlfriend has a couple of them on her caseload. Uh, like Sebastian Telfair and all the guys that got in trouble for that, like uh, fraudulent health the they insurance should, punishment. Thing, yeah. They should make them all come back and play as like a, <laughs> as a, for free. Like they all have to, they all get their charges wiped off, but they've got to play a 10 day contract and make no money. And then that's everything's even. 
with uh, with the Orlando Magic or yeah, the whatever, yeah. middling team. Yeah. I'll take uh, Jamario Moon right now. I love I was going to say we talk on Instagram. I say yes to that right away because I love Jamario Moon so much. Um, <laughs> rules. He, I, I, if if I could like change anything in time, I would I would allow him to do his dunk off over again, because I think he could have <laughs> destroyed the dunk off, and he just got you know a little bit nervous. Uh, well, you get a little bit of that. His nephew is now with the Clippers. Xavier Moon really has signed a. He's the wow. three time reigning CEBL MVP. He has just signed with the Clippers. He'll be there for 10 days. And ironically enough, he's been working so hard to get to the NBA. One of his 10, one of the games in his 10 days is actually going to be in Toronto. Get this man out of Canada. That's what he's trying to do. But anyways, congratulations to Jamario Moon's nephew, Xavier Moon. Oh my God, Xavier I Moon, shout out. I might Clippers game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no. Uh, and and, and uh, I'm going to go to you, Jay, but I just want to also to to jump on Rob's point and you know, something I, I say all the time uh, on this pod, and I think there's a lot of nuance and a lot of kind of ways to go from from this type of thinking, but there are a lot of people in this world who can play basketball. The NBA of the four major leagues in North America is the most elite. It has by far the least amount of players. Uh, and as we know, basketball is like, you know, can't be worse than the third or fourth most popular sport in the globe. So as far as professional players, uh, it has like probably the worst ratio um, and more guys can play. Although uh, my big takeaway is, it's just how much chemistry matters. Like, you know, I was watching the broadcast and they kept saying these guys, you know, they only met two hours ago and boy, was that clear. Um, these guys for sure just met and they could all ball, but having chemistry, like, you know, we forget like that every little play, you know, getting to the corner, you know, Fred Van Vliet relocating from the three. Like these are just really drilled into the players. And, it, you know, chemistry is massively important and not having that is, is deadly. But uh, yeah, Jay, what's your, you know, takeaway from the, I guess, you know, the mess that was that Cleveland game? Well, I think that there's only so much you can take from a game like that, right? I mean, as yeah. you mentioned, th these guys met on the bus ride on the way to the arena, so that must have been super awkward. But at the same time, it's like half of those guys, this is an exciting time for them, right? They get to finally showcase, for some of them, their first time in the NBA. For some mm -hmm. of them, it was like a, a second chance for someone like DJ Wilson. And, and DJ Wilson specifically impressed me. I thought four steals in the first seven minutes shows, hey, he's he's got kind of that Nick Nurse mentality of deflecting the ball and just have a, a, an eye for the ball. Um, but I think the one who st stood out to me the most was was Utah Watanabe. He he really did step up. I think that that's something that we were looking forward to after the summer league and the the preseason that he had, that he has the chops to to be in the top eight in, in this rotation. And, you know, the injuries kind of hampered that a bit in the beginning of the season, but now we got to see what he's capable of. And when there's literally no other option on this team, he, he kind of showed out and I was really impressed with that. And I hope that he kind of rides this momentum for the rest of the season. Like he's not going to get a chance to put up 20 shots again and, and score 20 plus points again as the team starts to come back. But at the same time, hopefully this is just more of a jumping off point that, okay, when, when you're coming off the bench, you're going to be the leading scorer some of the time. So you're going to be that, that sixth man that that the Raptors need some offensive punch from and defensive punch. I mean, we all remember that that glorious block of the Gary Payton 
junior mm-hmm. uh, dunk attempt uh, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, I was really impressed with, with Utah. I mean, that, that's really all you can take from here. Right? It's not about wins and losses. And I had people messaging me that, you know, I didn't watch the game. I see that they got destroyed by 46 points. What the hell? I'm like, it's not about the, the result. It's about the process. And there were some things there that I did like from, again, from, from Utah and from DJ, uh, not so much from from Svi or, or or Chris Boucher. There are some things that were that was just head scratching moments for a chance for you know you, you, this is your opportunity to shine and for the most part they didn't. But at the same time, they got they got some extra run and again I, I hope that this is something that they can kind of carry forward uh, throughout the season as as more of a confidence booster. Uh, great points. You know uh, I want to jump on uh, the the Utah stuff just because I feel like uh, maybe a couple pods ago I was just pondering and asking uh, the guests who is, who is our six man. And I think we kind of decided it's Utah right now because of injuries, but there is something about Utah. You know, he does seem like he's the perfect role player. I think it's good. You bring up Boucher and Svi because, you know, Banton is so young and so new that it's a little bit like, dude, whatever, Um, you know, just keep, keep fighting the good fight. But you know, talking about those three guys, like Utah can play within himself on a nightly basis in a way that those guys cannot. And I think we've seen the high end of Boucher. You know, I think last year he probably had two or three games that was close to like 40 and 20 with threes and blocks and like just like, uh, you know, like 2K style, almost all star numbers, obviously in a very depleted roster. But as he's gotten moved to the bench, like he hasn't been able to incorporate himself in a productive way. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to see that Utah can put go for 11 for 20 uh, and still, you know, have confidence that when he gets moved to 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth in the rotation, whatever, when he does play, he can be productive. So, yeah, just echoing your point, the process is always going to matter. And that's why, you know, a season in Tampa, you can't just like nothing is thrown away in the NBA. It, it, I, th- I get the idea. I get, you know, people always want to rebuild. They always want to center things around the younger player. And they always everyone wants to flip the switch and just like fast forward through whatever. But that's just not how life works and development works. And, you know, someone might be developing in the wrong direction. Someone might be developing in the right direction and all the little marginal stuff ends up mattering when you're trying to kind of build a winner, like a consistent winner. And yeah, anyways, all all that to say, uh, I totally agree. I think Utah kind of showed out in a game, you know, where it's sort of hard to show out. Like, I feel like uh, I was just looking at the plus minuses and he was still a negative 33 on the game. So, (laughs) you know, he got destroyed. I mean, like he was, he got, you know, it was bad, but um, uh, let's, uh, Let's bring in Maddie and uh, let's talk a little. Yo, my, sorry, just to point out, my boy uh, Daniel Oturu is only a negative sixteen. He actually led the team. So, <laughs> thank you for saying that. I was actually going to shout him out as being like, <laughs> I guess, I guess the most productive player, or like you know, the least amount of mistakes. I don't know. <laughs> can, can I be honest though? Of all the guys sure. that we picked up, is he not the one that we really like? You know, look, this is on I my personal like pleasure I'm taking and watching the replacements come to life in a league aside. Um, you know, I think the Raptors are like one of the teams that can benefit from this situation because 
we weren't planning on we were being more competitive than I think some people planned on, especially with how many, you know, injuries and without Pascal so long or whatever. We're a little bit closer to competitive than I think people thought, but we're still mm-hmm. supposed to just be evaluating this talent. So what better chance than like, look, look, last year we just Kyle told, told Kyle to sit down because he was old. At least now we're like, hey, you know, we got a, we'll, we'll give you 10 days. We'll figure it out. If we find one person from this, if Daniel Oturo is our, you know, third string center next year, uh, you know, we probably gain something from all of this because everybody, these games are crapshoots. Like no, no one in the NBA is learning anything about themselves right now because it's all this, you know, and, and so this is like, you know, there's a lot of teams that hurts, but the Raptors, I, let's just enjoy it, especially around Christmas. What better time for this? Sit around with the family and watch Isaiah Thomas play again. You know, like it's. I think this is like the perfect holiday treat for everybody. I, I, I enjoy the NBA right now. Hey, I'm I'm more digging co- the NBA too. COVID. Yeah, more COVID <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? More COVID, please. No, um, absolutely not. But I, I, I do agree that the Raptors. You know, we're we're still. Uh, I think we still have an extra spot. That we, uh, you know, after we wave Decker, I'm pretty sure we haven't filled. Yeah, there's I, an extra spot. I was in the camp where I wanted to keep Freddie Gillespie, even though he had a terrible showing, just because the strain no big man puts on, you know, guys like Scotty, Pascal, and OG. And I think we've seen with the absence of Precious and Birch, sometimes it is rough to, to not have someone who can go out there and kind of like be a tough dude uh, and be big I and throw their weight around believe the five going forward is a platoon position i don't think that you're going to see very many like i think it's it, you're going to have to see a chris boucher type you know fourth quarter type of you know center and a jonas valanciunas type of center and like teams are going to have to go with if they don't if you don't have Joel and bead or or you know Jokic, you're going to have to have like a combo situation i don't think anybody can just go out and play steven adams 30 minutes and, and hope everybody else is like good enough. So, you know, finding, you know, who I wanted to draft two years ago and he turned out to be nothing, I think, but he went to, he went to the jazz, but it was like Udeka Azabuku, Azabuki, I don't, I'm not going to say his name. From Kentucky. Yeah. He, but he, he was just massive. And like, I was just, I just wanted to see them draft a guy. It was like, Hey, let's just see what a massive guy can do again. Like a guy that's just stronger and bigger than everybody. But then also have the other guys. So this is a perfect opportunity. Go find some like hefty fellas and some whatever, and then you can come away with like a platoon five out of this situation. That's a huge win for next year. I I couldn't agree more on the platoon five. I feel like Masai and Bobby, you know, after after Surge and Gasol have been going that way, they clearly don't want to invest you know plus twenty million into that position. And mm-hmm. and I honestly do think uh, that is the right way going forward. But, um, yeah, let's talk Utah and let's talk Christmas. Uh, I want to get a little bit silly here. I, I, you know, Utah went to Cleveland and apparently had to, um, you know, celebrate Christmas uh, in his hotel room by himself uh, and ordered some dinner in Cleveland. Obviously, there's a lot worse things going on, but uh, it's hard not to imagine uh, a sad Utah in a hotel room. So that got me thinking, like, if you were going to, like, liven the experience up, make it the best possible version of itself, what would you do? Uh, and let's, um, let's start with you, Jay. Uh, what's, uh, you know, 
Utah's there. It's Christmas. You're like a magical, you know, flubber style fairy. You're popping in. You get to inject something in the hotel room. What is it? Well, he was alone on Christmas, and I believe he was either in Cleveland or Chicago. Do we know? Probably, um, probably Cleveland, right? I thought he was in Cleveland, but it definitely could have been Chicago. I, for for the for the purpose of this this exercise, I'm going to say he was in Chicago, even though okay. he probably was in Cleveland. Sure. But being that it was in Chicago, he's alone, and it's Christmas. There has to be some sort of Home Alone theme to this. Right. And I'm thinking for sure, like we're going to have the 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 old Christmas music blaring. We'll have the 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 train going around his hotel room with the Michael Jordan uh, stand up poster going around the room, <laughs> and just have music blasting and and eating all kinds of junk food all over the place. Um, that's how I would liven up his Christmas. Uh, and of course have home alone playing on the TV all day long, but just the first one, none of the other, none of the other ones, not even the second one or that new one. No, no, please. No, just no, the yeah. first one. Just, just the OG. I love how it's like, he's basically going to be in a Kevin, Cal- uh, Kevin McAllister museum. Yeah. In, in this scenario but honestly Utah I think he'd be like all right well I'm in Chicago um you know when in Rome let's let's do some Kevin McAllister stuff we could uh hire some people to get badly hurt like the wet bandits absolutely he's gonna run around the hotel room scream your head off do the whole thing <laughs> yeah okay this is good this is good um let's go let's go to Rob next Rob what's up uh Utah well, is in a hotel room, what's your advice? Well, first of all, I think he'd be fine with the whole Home Alone scenario, the, the, the Jordan, as long as it's a Jordan cutout and it's not Anthony Edwards on a train floating around <laughs> to uh, posterize him. Um, over but, and over? Uh, they, over and over. Every time the train comes by, he thinks he can stop it, and then it just goes right over the top. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, is that so bad? First of all, you're going to be in Cleveland. I mean, you know, what, what did you want him? all the team to get out and go down to Williams barbecue on the east side of Cleveland, where the cars just cross the lanes anyways, because the, the will to live has become so little in that town that they sort of just are always kind of committing suicide towards you. Um, I actually did that drive twice this year. I moved in uh, from Chicago back, back to New York. So I, I went back and forth across that. I am, uh, I'm a scumbag, so I don't get a U-Haul. I rent a SUV and do two treks back and forth. So I did that drive a lot, and I imagine that's probably what he did. He put wife live from, from Cleveland to Chicago, and you're trying to be the only man left on earth without COVID, so you can try to put up 24 points in a meaningless game for us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, was it was it so bad? I'm here uh, with my family. I, I, uh, I I'm slightly kicked out of my country for a little bit that I live in. We won't discuss that too much on air for legal purposes. But I'm back sure. in Canada, visiting my family for the first time in two years, and I can tell you right now. The peace and serenity that Utah Watanabe experienced in comparison to most of us is probably one of the best Christmases Utah Watanabe will ever have his entire life. I mean, he's going to always remember the Christmas where he got to stay inside, FaceTime everybody, and then go be the best player on a basketball team for a day. I say, Utah, congratulations. This is a Christmas for the books. You know, I, I was probably a beautiful hotel in Cleveland, nicer than anything else in Cleveland. So I, I don't think that anybody should feel bad for Utah. It was probably a lovely Christmas. He, uh, he got to avoid everything else. I mean, you, staying in your uh, hotel alone in Cleveland is the best thing you can do in Cleveland. So. 
Yep. Um, those, those are wise words uh, for, from a well-traveled man. So, uh, Utah, you know what? I hope you enjoyed yourself. And yeah, I guess, yeah, your Christmas present was 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 being the star. Uh, and you were. Mm-hmm. All right, Maddie, what's up? What are, what are you going to do for Utah? Yeah, I don't uh, know too much about Cleveland. I've just heard all the horrifying things about how terrible it is to go there. But... I think if he's stuck in the hotel by himself, it's always good. You got a lot of time on your hands. There's probably other people in the hotel as well. You got to do a little sneak out. Anytime you're on a team trip, doesn't matter if you're playing the NBA or single A hockey, you're going to sneak out of that hotel room, have a little fun. Uh, Maybe, you know, knock on some doors, do a Drew Carey vibe check. Check out like, what are people in Cleveland feeling right now about Drew Carey? I know he's a big Cleveland guy. Um, don't really uh, think much about him now that he's on the prices right, but uh, you know, do a vibe check for Drew Carey. Also, uh, it is on Lake Erie, and I believe Lake Erie is a pretty shallow Great Lake, so there's a good chance that he could walk right across it, get himself a wetsuit, and just walk straight across Lake Erie uh, in a wetsuit back to Canada. And you know, if there if the food's not so good in the hotel, just even do it for one of the one or two of the days. Get some food over on the Canada side, then walk back to your hotel room in Cleveland the next day. No one's going to know the difference. They're not going to check on you too much. You know, just have your cell phone with you, and uh, in case you're in trouble and <laughs> you need to make a call. Matty you get- D, you're- don't tell me you can walk across Lake Erie because I just got kicked out of the U.S. for a little bit. I'll do that. Uh, don't give me any ideas. I'll walk right past you to high five him on the. Road. I'll trade him. He, you can, can come here with my folks. I'll take the hotel room in Cleveland and we can trade lives right back. That's fine with me. Utah, hit me up. There you Utah, go. If you're listening to Rob, um, hit him up. If you're listening to Matt, I guess buy a wetsuit, walk across a lake. And then back across the lake the next day. Yeah. Uh, and somehow that's better than Christmas. Um, in a hotel, like, get to you know, know Lake Erie. Come on. You could just watch a movie or you could get to know one of the Great Lakes um, during the winter. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, you know, not totally dissimilar to Maddie. Uh, hopefully a bit more fun and less you know, punishing. <laughs> but obviously Drew Carey's in the mix for me as well. Uh, I want Drew Carey to take Utah to what he thinks the, uh, you know, football hall of fame is and be like, Hey, you're in Cleveland. We're going to show you the, you know, the football hall of fame. And we're going to like, you know, teach you about some Ohio, uh, you know, American football culture, but then you get in there and it's the price is right. But just for Utah, he gets to play every single game um, and, you know, just mess around. And if Drew Carey's tired, I don't care. We paid Drew the money and he's got to perform. Okay. So, um, yeah, mine is a very much like a forced, you know, a hostage scenario for Drew Carey and just like Utah's, Utah's own private wonderland. Uh-huh. So that's, that's Every, everything I've been told about Jim Carrey, Drew Carey too, is that he's, uh, he's, uh, and this is alleged, but apparently a pretty big fan of the lady of the night. And so, you know, I feel like he, they could go to the rock and roll hall of fame and Drew Carey could probably show him a pretty festive Christmas with some, uh, <laughs> with some, with some nice ladies, which will make you think about the ladies on the prices, right? Different now, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Stories yeah. about how Drew Carey parties and it's hard. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know. Like for me, that is just like fully falls in line with what I. I I haven't thought about it, but that is what I expect of Drew. <laughs> okay, good. Um, All right, good. I don't know what I did. What I, if you asked me before this, if you're like, well, what does Drew Drew Carey do at, uh, in the nighttime? I'm not sure what I'd say, but like that would be pretty close to the answer. Um, shout out Drew Carey, uh, <laughs> Cleveland Rocks. Uh, okay, let's <laughs> let, let's move on to some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, my good man, please give me your you know your weirdest uh, you know. Whatever, <laughs> Titanic sounding Adam Silver audio sting. This is Adam Silver. I always want to make the sound effect, but it's never there. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I guess kind of sticking with Christmas. Let's go to you. Let's go to you first, Jay. Um, yeah, Christmas Day. What's up? Do you um, do you have a favorite game? I would were you able to watch them all. Did you watch any of the highlights? Absolutely what? nothing. Nice. Didn't watch a single Christmas Day game. I I will. I you know I, I echo what you were saying earlier about it doesn't matter who's on the floor. I'm watching every single Raptors game. But that does not carry over to the other teams in the NBA and their games. So I spent all of Christmas with my family. I disregard them throughout the Raptors season whenever Raptors games are on. Yes. So I didn't watch a single game. Having said that, if I were to pick a favorite Christmas Day game, uh, it probably would be, you know, if I had watched it, it probably would have been seeing Kevin Durant torment lebron james on on christmas day because as much as i i I think that lebron james the greatest of all time uh watching him suffer in la is has been quite a joy to see uh this season for some for some odd reason um even thinking back to i know this wasn't christmas day but thinking back to um uh, was it last week or two weeks ago when derozan hit that uh, that game winner in his face like I don't know. I'm finding an extra joy in in watching the Lakers crumble, and uh, you know Russell Westbrook being a big big part of that. So, anytime the Lakers are losing, uh, I'm I find myself enjoying it. So I'm gonna go with that one. That's that's a good pick. I mean, you know, I'm always here for uh, just endless amounts of like Knicks, Lakers, or Celtics slander. Although I will say the Knicks are in this weird middle spot for me where they've just, they've been so bad for so long that I feel like I don't, there's not like obnoxious levels uh, like, like Lakers or Celtics fan. Like actually I feel for Knicks fans. Uh, I'll tell you, find it fine. I live, I lived in New York, uh, living in New York city. I don't feel bad for them whatsoever because it's just, they're just not good basketball fans. It's insane that they thought that off season was good. Like, you know how many people I had to put up with where I had to try to gently explain to them that Evan Fournier's contract was horrible from day oh, one. Like me too. he is one of the worst playoff performers in the history of the NBA. And you know, that was the goal was to make it further into playoffs. You've actually just made yourself worse. That Kemba Walker's knees were terrible. That, uh, that a platoon of two old broken down point guards is not a good idea that like you should have been playing quickly then Mitchell Robinson's not going to play more than like 20 games in a season. You try to explain all of these things that Julius Randall's 
you know, it was, the usage rate was insane. And that's why he looked like that for a year. Like you couldn't explain it. They're just bad basketball fans. It's crazy that it's the greatest basketball city in the world. And the fans don't know anything about it. It seems like it's bonkers. So I don't feel bad for Knicks fans. They're stupid. They're very dumb people. <laughs> I, I love how hard you're coming for Knicks fans. Uh, I usually, I just I can't usually, believe it. I, I'm I'm like a, a million times with you on the Fournier and you know the offseason stuff in general. Um, yeah. I, I thought was, was really perplexing. You know, I said I, uh, the, on paper the worst offseason in the NBA, and all the fans were excited about it. I couldn't believe it. The terrible. Yeah. That them and the Clippers were two teams I, I said would make the playoffs, and I think I got a lot of like aghast, like that's a wild take, Freddie. But yeah, just they didn't look at the rosters, and I, I don't know how either was was meant to to hold up. I think the Clippers have been pretty good, uh, surprisingly. But um, yeah. Uh, so wait, 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 where was I here? Um, oh, you hate the Knicks. The the game you the uh, Christmas Day. Oh yes, you so yeah, you okay, just just in general watching like yeah, um you know, frenetic fan bases get tortured is really fun. Um Rob before I go to you all say for the for pretty similar reasons, uh, I enjoyed the Celtics collapse and uh I I think the Bucks Celtics game was really really fun for me because um yeah, the Celtics uh, are another team I thought, you know, didn't really have a a great offseason and um I think Vegas had them at 44 wins which I thought was pretty, pretty confusing. Uh, and uh, I, I just, I don't really see them as a particularly a, a strong team. Love Brown. I uh, love Tatum, but um, that's, that's sort of it for me with the Celtics. And um, yeah, I think, you know, the Bucks and the Suns respectively, I think they're not really natural parts of the NBA narrative. So people just want them to be, not good anymore, and they're both very much here to stay. So I think it was nice that the Bucks were are kind of reminding people that, like, no, we're we're contenders, obviously, uh, and not considering us contenders is is weird. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, Rob, do you have a favorite? Like, was it was it the Knicks game? Uh, well, the, the, I, no, yeah. So I only watched like five minutes of the um, the only game I watched five minutes of the Lakers and the Nets game. I love Jay. This is how much Jay didn't watch uh, basketball on Christmas Day. Kevin Durant did not torture the Lakers. They, he didn't even play. Uh, they, they, that's, how, <laughs> that's how badly I, I did not. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Thank you for correcting me on that. I, I realized that after I said it, I was like, oh, crap. Hopefully no one capped that. <laughs> but here's who did play. It was a classic Raptor showdown of DeAndre Bembry versus Stanley Johnson. And that was oh, right. the highlight of Christmas Day basketball. Stanley Johnson, 10-day contract. How did he not get a 10-day contract earlier? Stanley Johnson can play defense. I don't understand. Uh, I, was a, I was a big Stanley Johnson guy. Don't really understand that, uh, why it took him so long. The Lakers should keep him around. I, I agree. I, I think Stanley is I, – I, I don't quite get – I think he's really, really bad at moving the ball which must frustrate sure. the crap out of coaches. But other than that, like, you know, he made a lot of like marginal improvements for the Raptors and, you know, he got signed by Chicago at the beginning of the year. And I kind of just assumed he was still on the roster. But yeah, when I saw that it was, he was like, you know, doing stuff for the Lakers. I was like, go get him. Stan him all, man. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I shout out to, um, uh, George Brooks, who uh, does the podcast as well. She is a very big Stanimal fan. And, um, yeah, let's stick with you, Rob. Uh, 
give me yeah give me your best like realistic and and necessary trade you know we're not gonna we're not gonna break balls here with the you know like salary cap stuff too much but you know as real as you can make it I got a, a general, you know, you may have to add a couple of people here and there, some minimal contracts just to edge, you know, the salary cap. But this is my breakdown, how uh, I like to just look at the league and my tendency is to want to fix like everybody's problem in one move. So yes. this is a five-team trade involving the Raptors, the Blazers, the Sixers, the Pelicans. And, and this, this fifth team, you can either... I'll give you both scenarios where you add the fifth team or you, you keep the fifth team out, which is the Indiana Pacers. So the meat of the trade, um, you, I, I, the question on both your mind should be, what are the Pelicans getting out of this? And I am not a C.J. McCollum guy like other people are. I don't think that the Sixers should have any interest in C.J. McCollum as the piece coming back for Ben Simmons. It doesn't make sense to me. He's a shooting guard. He's not a point guard. Uh, Seth Curry is perfect for their, you know, their Embiid Seth Curry system. I, I wouldn't want to see upsetting anything like that. So, so where does CJ McCollum go? Well, the Pacers don't want him. I don't think the Raptors need him in this scenario. And what are the Pelicans trying to do? They're trying to keep Zion around. So here's my trade. You have Simmons going to Portland like Lillard wants. You've got uh, Pascal going to play with Embiid in Philadelphia. You have McCollum going to the Pelicans. In the Pacers scenario, you have Sabonis coming to the Raptors with uh, like Josh Hart, Sadoransky, Hayes, and a bunch of draft capital going to the Pacers. You know, we would get like a, you know, Jeffrey Lamb would be involved. I think you could actually trade Dragic along with Pascal to the 76ers if they included Danny Green, which I would be fine with, you know, if it comes to us or he comes to wherever he is. Um, but basically, you move that stuff around. The Pacers could pretty much stay the way they are from that point going forward. You move Powell to the shooting guard position. You move Covington over to the small. You have uh, Simmons playing the power, and you have Nurkic. Plus, you got Larry Nance on the bench. Hill, Little, Simmons. I think um, immediately the Blazers are better. I might be some draft capital in there. I'm a, I'm a Ben Simmons guy still. I still think he makes a huge impact. I still think he's better than CJ McCollum. He's probably the best player in that trade. Um, not even probably. He's the best player in that trade. Um, now, I like Sabonis uh, to the Raptors personally. I was a big Marcus Gasol guy. I think the fact that like not having a big guy that can pass like that has hurt us. I worry that he's a redundancy with Scotty Barnes to some degree, and I'm a big Scotty Barnes guy, and that's why I'm okay with with moving on from, from Pascal. Cause it's just, I have, I have I, I want to go with OG and Barnes going forward at the forward position. I, I think, you know, we got Fred. Great. I, I mean, I like him. I just worry that, you know, if he plays great, he can leave on his contract. And if he doesn't live up to the contract, and he did live up to the contract. I didn't love that, that signing. I almost wish we just kept Norm for the money he's getting, but that's besides the point. Um, we just need to figure out the five and to make a bench. And if we can get Sabonis and draft capital, great. But the other scenario where you don't include Indianapolis, it might sound crazy, but I'll take some of those Pelicans picks. Like, give me Jackson Hayes, you know, Sadoransky that's expiring, Hart that's expiring, and a bucket of those picks. Like, 
I think Jackson Hayes has a chance to still be one of your platoon bigs. You know, I, I, he hasn't shown a ton, but he's also not in a good situation, obviously. And I'll I'll take the reset. I I, I think I'm okay with it. Let McCollum try to fix the Pelicans. That that won't work, but it doesn't matter what'll work in New Orleans. They'll just do with anything anyways. And I think you could get a lot of that draft capital back. So that's my how to fix five teams, I think. But I probably would rather keep the Pacers in it, get some bonus, you know, grab a Jeffrey Lamb to go with them and then try to flip that for some draft capital or whatever it is. But that's my five team trade. That's a that's a wild time. Um with the, with a lot of moving parts, uh, I feel like, so yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on there. But um, for the most part, I think you know, guys, you're mentioning, um, for me, short of the Toronto, the Toronto angle, I don't see, but I, I, for the most part, I do see people needing to change locations, um, and I think. I think, yeah, I mean, obviously it's five teams and it's wild. and But, you know, we've seen big, big wild trades before. Uh, Jackson Hayes, it's funny, he's a guy I've been mentioning for, you know, since he came into the league as like the perfect potential, you know, platoon guy for a squad like the Raptors. I think that could be like a move on the margins or something. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I also, I just want to, I feel like I always got to shout out people who still have belief in Ben Simmons because I very much do. And I think that sometimes like a, a bad playoff moment or, or even just, you know, being a guy that someone can game plan around like a DeRozan or a Chris Paul way back when, or Ben Simmons in the playoffs, or should I say as well, Joel Embiid, who people often don't really talk about how much he's game planned for in the playoffs and how successful it's been. But I will say, you know, my, my, my rant aside that, uh, yeah, I'm a big believer in new opportunities, and I think a lot of those people need new opportunities. Um, I, How do you I, feel about yeah. Ben at the five? Do you think Ben Simmons works as a five in going forward? Because I, I, I have this temptation to want to go straight up Pascal for Simmons. I, I like the problem is I think Scotty Barnes makes some of the redundancy, especially as a big. The only thing that keeps me in favor of it, and I think that this is something that nobody brings up in basketball, like they do in hockey for some reason, but the fact that Ben Simmons is left-handed and Barnes is right-handed, it's a weird thing to care about, but for some reason hmm. I do. And I, I, spe- I think especially coming off the pick and roll, it, it creates two different sort of ways to handle the pick and roll. And if, if one of, you know, look, people's dominant hands matter. And if, you, if you're worried about a five, like, you at the rim, you know, having two guys that can take a roll from different directions is kind of, I think, like a, an advantage of most people. Don't it, it's, I feel like it's one of those things you could have, like a platoon situation with the big that people aren't thinking about right now. And I kind of find it appealing, but maybe that's the hockey. Yeah, no, I, you know, and, yeah, I, I think there's some stuff there for sure. I mean, where Ben Simmons goes next is to me sort of a mystery because he's he's still quite young. He's still very good. I think he hasn't shown in my, like, you know, to me, like a lot of being able to incorporate himself in, in a team. So I definitely be wary of making a ton of space for him. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, let's go to you, Jay. Um, who's your, what, what, what's your trade or, you know, any quick thoughts as well are, are welcome. Yeah, no, uh, Rob, you, I love how you 
did this whole five team trade off the top of your head. And I know you were saying beforehand that this is just something you've been cooking up and, and there isn't a, but the, the website that I use for trade machine stuff, I was, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I kept looking over to the side here. I was plugging all this in while you were talking and it worked. I love so it. I, I took a screenshot <laughs> and I sent it over to you guys in the group chat, but uh, I was trying to keep up with you. I think I may have messed up one of the names here and there, but sure. it works. Yeah. So uh, great job on that, on and that trade, I, Rob. I, I, and, and just to defend myself on the record, then go really quickly. Josh Hart has a very interesting contract. It, the you can the thing you can do with Josh Hart right now is roll him in past the beginning of past the uh, the draft, past the beginning of free agency, and then cut his contract. So he's in a very interesting trade trip that p- people aren't necessarily looking at because you could match salaries, and then that team could wave twelve million dollars off completely. So yeah. he's very yeah. Josh Hart's a more interesting trade than people realize. Continue. And yeah, he, he his was the one name that made this a little bit difficult because he's actually not eligible to be traded until eligible, yeah. March the third, yeah. right? So right. Um, I had to remove his name from from this trade. But anyways, great great job on that. And then the only other thing I would point out is the whole Ben Simmons at the five. I totally can see that. I think that we're moving past a point where the especially you can see with the Raptors there there is there's becoming less and less a, a a use for assigning players to positions. It's specifically with the Raptors. They're just all over the place. You'll see OG playing the center. You'll see Pascal playing that. You'll see Scotty playing that. So if you wanted to find Ben Simmons as someone who plays the five, I can totally see that in the Raptor system. Just not for me, it's just not at the cost of, of losing Pascal Siakam, but that's kind of where I sit with this. Um, as for my my fakest trade, I wanted to cook up something that was a bit more different, but I don't think I can top five teams. So I'll just mm-hmm. go for the good old one for one uh, team by team trade. And I also stuck with the Pacers. Um, you know, they they have a couple of guys on the table, but apparently only one of them might be going. One of Karis Levert, Sabonis, or or Turner. So I picked up uh, for the Raptors uh, Turner along with Justin Holiday. Both of them, well, Turner because he's on the table and Holiday because he's a bit on the older side. He's 32 and it looks like the Pacers want to gear more towards younger. And in return, the Raptors would be uh, setting up, uh, sending out uh, Goran Dragic for a filler, but then two younger guys to help fill out their rosters. That would be Malachi Flynn and Presh Chua, plus one protected draft pick. So that's kind of where I see the Raptors and Pacers going. I think the Pacers would probably say no to this, but I would hope that Flynn and Achua is enough of a young, up-and-coming, you know, guard and, and and center duo there to offset. Okay, you're getting an old guy in Goran Dragic who is who can kind of mentor your younger guys, but it gets Turner off your books if you're looking to trade him, and you have two somewhat promising prospects, maybe one more than the other in, in Flynn and Achua, and of course there's still that protected draft pick. Um, so that's kind of what I see there for for Raptors Pacers fake trade. Okay, uh, I like it. I like that we're all jumping on the Pacers. I mean, Sabonis and Turner alone being like you know market available is definitely. I think that's the, you know you always need that kind of like igniter for for a good trade season, like a team that's been you know sort of clear about what they want to do and have. A fair asking prices. I think part of what part of the problem with the you know CJ or or Ben Simmons or you know the recent stuff we've seen is that they're not really. I don't know. There's been some like you know not necessarily not necessarily fair uh, asks 
But um, yeah, here's mine. Uh, so I think it was exciting. Washington was good for a little bit, but after the beginning of the season, they're kind of settling back to the Washington we know. And I feel like if they keep kind of climbing down and it's like, wait a second, there isn't really a new and improved Washington. I think this is the team for Ben Simmons. And I think it's time to move on from Brad Beal before he forces his way out. I think Brad Beal plus Embiid is what Philly wants. And I think, you know, Washington has enough assets and enough players to kind of, you know, take some stuff from Philly and whether it's Maxi or, you know, whatever, like Maxi Simmons for Beal, let's say, and some picks. And then Washington can actually go into a rebuild with someone, you know, who's as good as Ben Simmons. And I think uh, it's interesting on this pod, you know, I, I'm used to encountering more Ben Simmons like haters, but I think we're all kind of at the point where, you know, you know, this guy was the runner-up defensive player of the year last year, and yeah. Philly was first yeah. in the East. And I, I think fans have a short memory. And uh, man, he struggled in the playoffs. It was rough, but he could change a team. And uh, yeah, so that's that's my trade. Um, yeah, I think I think that's where I'm at. I don't know if you guys want to add your Simmons before we wrap up. Yeah. Simmons and Beal straight Simmons up. Simmons thing. Simmons, yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that makes. Uh, I, I still don't think Washington is going to go off of Beal. I think that, like, the Dinwiddie signing was, was a great sign. I, I still think they have enough things that they would probably be more likely to send, uh, you know, Den, Dennis Odvi. I don't know how to say it. You know, the, their Have pick from last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Send him. Send Ru- Rui Hachimura. Like, I, I think that Washington is more still going to try to convince themselves they got to try to keep them and maybe package some of those things together with a KCP or something and try to acquire, right. I, you know, I, I don't know what they try to acquire. because There's not a lot of forwards out there. Maybe a Jeremy Grant. I could see them like take a swing for Jeremy Grant possibly. Um, but the Ben Simmons thing, I mean, it, it like if it wasn't for Scotty Barnes, I would be infuriatingly on the side of getting Ben Simmons. Like that's how much I'm in Ben Simmons corner it, because I just, anytime in the, you have a chance in the league, to recognize that you can get talent for 50 cents on the dollar like that. I mean, everybody should be rushing to go get that. It's just the redundancy right now for the Raptors that uh, makes me a little wary. And I just, my thing with Pascal is that I, just, I don't see the fit long-term uh, with Barnes and with OG. I, I just, uh, you know, and I'd rather see them while he still has a few years on it. Like, cause my hesitation, this is why I want to get, I want to move on from Pascal now. It's because I love Miles Turner, but the reason I don't think about trying to acquire Miles Turner in a trade right now is because he's only got a year left after this year. Like we're not trying to compete this year. Then we only got one more year of Miles Turner after. Like I, I think he's a better complimentary player for us than Sabonis. But that extra year at eighteen millions for Sabonis, like that's a big difference. You know, that's that's two years into one we're trying to be good as opposed to just one into one we're trying to be good. And if now, granted, if they accept your trade, I mean. See, I'm not. I'm. I'm not very uh, quiet about my. I don't give a, sh- a shit about pressure or not. By Flynn camp, uh, I think they both stink to high heaven and won't be on this team in two years. But uh, I think <laughs> I'm a guy. I like Banton. Banton's going to be here. We can move off of Flynn. It was, that was lovely. We drafted. Send him to the Pacers. Is anybody more perfect for the Indiana Pacers than Malachi Flynn? It feels like he came out of a cornfield outside of the Pacers like stadium. He's perfect. So send him there. Feel the dreams. Uh, Flynn. Get, 
<laughs> you know, it's like uh, I you, I get why he he Masai does wonderful things with guys with you know crazy names, but Precious is just he's a six eight fucking center. It makes no sense with no ability to shoot from the outside. His I've never seen a guy have worse feel at the rim that's supposed to be a center in my life. It's insane. We all have to stop drinking this Kool-Aid. Precious and Chua stinks, everybody. We're, we, everybody get over it. We lost the Kyle trade. It was a terrible trade. We did a nice thing for a guy that we all appreciate. That's literally the end of story. The, we might get something for Goran Dragic because the league has fallen apart with COVID. That's the only reason we may actually see an asset return to Toronto for Goran Dragic. That was a bad trade. I love everybody on the Facebook, the Raptors Facebook, give me a good community. But boy, oh boy, did everybody drink the Kool-Aid on that shit. Precious stinks. Malachi stinks. That whole draft stinks. That whole draft stinks. From top to bottom, that draft was atrocious. And most of the players in that, dra- in that draft will be out of the league in two years. So just if you were drafted in 2020, 2021, I got no interest in you unless you're maybe James Wiseman or LaMelo Ball. I don't care otherwise. That's my Rob, feelings on that. Yeah. Rob coming in, coming in, letting people know how he feels. I'm into it. Uh, you know, I think uh, we got to wrap this baby up, but uh, I, I'm, I'm still a, I'm still a Pascal dude. And uh, believe it or not, I, I like precious. Uh, sorry, but uh, I, I think <sighs> I, I must be drinking the Kool-Aid. But uh, yeah, we, I've we, got better moves at the hoop. He's got no moves at the hoop. I, I believe you. I believe you. It's crazy. But uh, anyway, yeah, no. Um, we've made it to the end of the pod. Uh, thank you both so much. This was this was a juicy one. I wanted to do some more games and stuff, but we're right at that hour mark, so I'm gonna call it. But let's um, let's go to you first, Rob. Uh, you know, besides the life stuff, uh, what's going on? Where can people check you out? How can they follow you? How can they like you know get into your comedy? Well, uh, okay. So Rob loves arguing on everything. I was just about to restart. Not only Rob loves arguing the podcast, but also a Rob loves arguing sports in my studio that I built in my apartment in New York City that I can't get back to now. So uh, we're going to wait a little longer on that. But uh, I'm going to be in Canada for a little bit. Uh, I have a festival. Uh, what I do? I do sort of this recurring festival. They're not annual. It's called the Dark Comedy Festival. Uh, we have Dark Comedy Festival 9, February 11th and 12th. It's Dark Comedy Festival 9, Crimes of Passion. I give them all fun names. Um, and uh, that'll be at the Royal Theater, February 11th and 12th, if they don't make us cancel. But uh, they probably will. But regardless, try to buy some tickets, and then you know, you'll know you get a first crack at the rescheduled dates in 2025 or whenever we're allowed to do comedy again. Okay, get in there. Um, get, get the first crack at the dates. Rob, thank you. Thank you, Freddie. Um, no problem. Uh, Jay, what's up? Um, you know, I, I know Raptors HQ, but, uh, uh, and that's a wrap. Uh, you know, well, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? All that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. And uh, yeah, I, I do a weekly look at the games of the week for the Raptors. Uh, this week was especially fun. Uh, did you know that the Knicks have like the best like roundup of nicknames on their team? For example, Mitchell Robinson, Blockness Monster, Julius Randle, Don Julio, Alec Burks, Houdini, RJ Barrett, Maple Mamba. They've got the best nicknames. And this is the kind of stuff you'll find on my weekly recap of, of the Raptors games of the week. And uh, that's where you can find me. And I'm, again, happy to be on here and happy holidays to, to both you guys and all everyone who's watching and listening. 
Hell yeah. Um, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I think with that, I'll just thank everyone who's been listening and, you know, sharing the pod and spreading the good word. We do appreciate it. Um, and, and Maddie, if you feel like we're good, we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those delicious words. Okay. Okay.